0: Amen, church. You may be seated in this moment. I'm going to ask you to stand shortly, but today might not be your favorite message you hear from me today. I feel led by the Lord to speak very differently today. And I pray that you receive it. There's so much happening in our world right now. And I must confess that it's been emotionally, mentally, spiritually difficult to comprehend everything that is happening. If you have not wept or cried or even mourned this month for all that's been happening in the world, then we are in a crisis. Many are numb to the bad news and have gone about life as business as usual. Have you taken a moment, a second, of your day to process and feel what is happening in the world? Have you taken a moment to pray for the mourning families? Have you taken a moment to respond and share From the things that happened in California to Buffalo, to even in Texas recent, it's just so much at once. And as a church, we should be able to mourn with those who mourn and hurt with those who hurt and feel their pain. If you feel nothing, then there's something that you have to look inside and search what it's wrong with me that I'm so disconnected with God's people that I don't cry or feel what they feel. If you don't feel the pain, then you need to question your heart. If you're so busy and occupied in what you're doing, you need to stop right now and and feel for one moment because this world doesn't revolve around you. Doesn't revolve around what you're doing. We're supposed to love our neighbors. We're supposed to care. We're supposed to feel. And I believe the church has forgotten who we're supposed to be. And we're left with the question of who are we? Before I thought it was like a youth problem, having identity crisis, but now I see it's a church problem. The church doesn't know who they are. Oh God, let us not forget who you call us to be. Let us be a light in the midst of darkness. And I felt so burdened and hurt and confused in the last couple weeks and I went to the only place that's not the only place I went I spoke to my wife I texted a couple of my friends but I went to the only place that I find refuge in and that was in his word and the Lord took me to Matthew chapter 5 and I'm gonna ask you to stand with me for the reading of his word Matthew chapter 5, we're going to read verses 1 through 15, 16. But now you guys are probably saying, man, this church loves the book of Matthew. No, we love the gospel. And the word is read in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. His church says... And seeing the multitudes, he went up on a mountain. And when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Bless are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Bless are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Bless are the meek Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteous sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when you revile and persecute you, when they revile and persecute you. And they say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you you are the salt of the earth but if the salt loses its flavor how shall it be seasoned it is then no good for nothing but then to be thrown and trampled under the foot by man you are the light of the world a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a lampstand and it gives light to all who are in the house let your light so shine before man that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven and I want to read uh, 14 once more you are, somebody repeat this after me, you are the light of the world somebody say I am the lights of the world you may be seated in this day today i will be preaching the sermon called who are we tell your next your neighbor next to you who are we probably been asking that question recently who am i My wife caught me the other day singing in the balcony, I was singing outside, I don't sing in front of people, but I was singing an old, old song and it it says, it says, who am I that the Lord of all the earth would care to know my name, it says, in that song it says, he says, I am a flower quickly fading here today and gone tomorrow. A wave tossed in the ocean, vapor in the wind. Still you hear me when I'm calling. And I was just crying, and then she walked in, and I was like. <laughs> she said, you okay, baby? I was like, yeah, I was, good. I was just chilling. It's a beautiful song. As a child, I remember... As a child, anybody was afraid of the dark? Anybody was so uh, It's okay if you're still afraid of the dark. Actually, no, that's going to go all, all away today. We're going to be delivered from that in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody. I remember as a child, I was afraid of the darkness. You see, when the lights went out, everything changed. The towel that was hanged on the door became a phantom at night. The TV with the antenna. I know they are flat screens. Back then we had an antenna. It was the nail of a monster. The bag on the floor was a troll coming to get me. I hated the dark. I hated sleeping in the dark. I was so afraid. Come to think about it, I think my wife is afraid of the dark. She makes me close the closet door every single night. I'll be comfortable and bed. She's like, babe, can you close the closet door, please? And I could not sleep with the light off, so my mom finally eventually got tired of me keeping the lights on, so she bought me something called a night light. Anybody have a night light? It's like, oh, I have it because I want to see around the house so I don't trip over anything. No, you're scared. It's okay. (laughs) And I wanted a little light in my room because something about a little light made me feel safer. Something about a little light made the shadows and the figures go away. Something about a little light gave me peace. I wanted a little light so that I could feel safe and I could not sleep unless I had that light on and when I was preparing this message God spoke to me and says remind the church who they are the truth is church that we live in a world that is full of darkness scientists teach us that darkness is not a thing it's an absence of a thing the partial or total absence of light is what's darkness it is a consequence or the results of the absence of what is legitimate light is the thing it is a thing because it is quantifiable it can be measured it can be felt the other day, how many people pass the church every night, we pass by sometimes at the church, you see those bright lights. Our brother Edison, he changed all those light bulbs and he was he was, <laughs> he was, was telling me about, you know, you had like, I don't even know, you had like 7,000 altogether voltage and watts and stuff like that. So he said, watts, he corrected me. He said, now we only have so many wattage happening and I, I try to understand, but he understands how light works. Light can be measured. You ever heard the phrase, at the speed of light? Light has speed that can be measured. You never hear the phrase, at the speed of darkness, because darkness does not have wattage, or it cannot be measured. In our world today, darkness is here because we have turned away from God. It exists because we turn our hearts away from God because we have rebelled against him. We have not kept his commandments. We have not uphold the standards of his kingdom. We do not pray. We do not fast anymore. We do not cry out in anguish for his people. We do not seek his face. God is not absent. We have just forsaken him. Our light has grown dim and some have hidden their light. And some people's lights in this house have been completely diminished. No city on a hill. Tragedy strikes and hurting people can't even count on us. We are lovers of ourselves. We are selfish. Our schedule is our priority. There is no room for God. There is no room for kindness. There is no room for forgiveness. Church, I am afraid that we are living in dark times. And we have put our lamps underneath baskets. People don't turn to Jesus because we can't point to him. But thank God that we serve a God that can still operate in darkness. Thank be to God that we serve a God that can still move in the midst of darkness. It is by coincidence that the universe hears his voice for the first time, a voice that is sovereign and holy for the first time, and it hears him say, let there be light in Genesis chapter 1 verse 3. And I hear the Lord commanding here to let there be light. In this room, in this house, in this state, in this nation, in this world, in our lives, in our family, in our employment. All areas of the life the Lord is commanding there to be light. He's reminding his people that you are the light. Somebody say, I am the light. We live in dark times, which compares me to share with more passion. Some may even agree that we are living in the darkest hour, darkened by sin, by racism, by hate crimes human sex trafficking, pornography, adultery, sex out of marriage, abortion, violence, bullying, gender crisis, immorality, poverty, perversion, watered-down gospel, false teaching, false prophet, unbelief, wars, rumors of war, murder, suicide, no compassion, lovers of ourselves, lawlessness. 2 Timothy verse 3 such as this but mark this there will be terrible times in the last days people will be lovers of themselves lovers of money boastful and proud abusive disobedient to their parents ungrateful unholy without love unforgiveness slanderous without self-control brutal not lovers of good treacherous rash conceited lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of god having thereof the form of godliness but denying the power of. Church, it sounds like the world that we live in today. Sounds very close to what we're seeing and experiencing every single day and seeing on our news and networks. But thank God that yet in the midst of darkness, that Jesus still saves. Thank God that in the midst of darkness that Jesus still delivers. Thank God that in the midst of darkness that Jesus still heals. Thank God that in the midst of darkness that Jesus still restores. Thank God that in the midst of darkness that God still sets the captives free. Thank God that in the midst of darkness that Jesus is a doctor to those who are in need of a physician. In the book of Mark, chapter ten, we read about a blind man named Bartimaeus, and Jesus is passing through Jericho. And he's passing through the city, and he screams and shouts and says this very phrase: "A son of David, have mercy on me." Do you know what the people around Jesus was telling this man to do? They told him to be quiet, to shut up, to stop crying after him. And you know what he did? He said, Son of David, have mercy on me. I know they're telling me to be quiet, but they don't know what it is to be in the dark. This was a blind man that could not see in darkness for most of his life. And he saw an opportunity to see and receive light. The crazy thing is that light was walking with them, but they could not see it. And when light was passing, he did not miss the opportunity to yell and scream and say, have mercy on me. And Jesus calls this man and says, come to me. What is it that you want? He said, I want to see. I want to see the light. I want to see. And he was made whole immediately. He followed Jesus. That's something to preach about. Something to shout about. He shouted, but people ignored him. But Jesus saw him in the darkness and healed him. Thank God that God don't leave us in the darkness. Thank God because our family and our friends and the people that we trusted to get us out of the dark pit did not. And Jesus saw us. Maybe you're in that pit today. Maybe you're in darkness today. I want to let you know that Jesus sees you. The funny thing is I started thinking about all, a lot of the miraculous work that Jesus would do on this work, on this earth. And we see the woman with the blood issue. When we think about her condition, she was cast away, isolated, pushed aside. They didn't clear a path for her. She had to walk through a crowd and press through the crowd to touch Jesus. There was a man by a pool Bethsaida. And Jesus sees this man. He says, do not want to meet be behold. He tells Jesus, I, I, I do, but I I don't, have, I don't have no one to carry me. And every time I go there, someone jumps in front of me. Jesus saw him too. There was a father of a demon-possessed boy. And he went to the disciples. He went to the church. He went to the people that were supposed to deliver him. And and they could not. So he found Jesus and says, Jesus, your disciples could not help me. Please help my boy. And Jesus saw him and helped him. There was a Canaanite woman who cried out for help and for her daughter. And the disciples said to Jesus, tell her to stop crying after us. But Jesus still saw her i like to see all these scenarios of all these miracles that took place that made it almost impossible for someone to receive what was supposed to be for them. But people told them to shut up, be quiet. They were not the light that they were called to be. They were not the people that were ushering, making room, stepping aside, putting themselves aside so that someone can receive the gift that was freely given to you. How dare we We get in the way of people reaching Jesus? Don't worry, you're not the only one. They did it too. The ones who walked with Jesus. These people followed and walked with Jesus, but they didn't understand the mission of Jesus. I wonder how many followers of Christ in this house today are walking with Christ but don't understand his mission what are we called to do what are we called to do but I thank God for the few that they carry the light that they carry faith and that they carry boldness I thank God for the man Who had a couple friends and he was paralyzed and a couple friends lifted him up and ripped the roof open and brought him down so they could bring him to Jesus I thank God for somebody in this house for picking up somebody to come to church today because you brought them to Jesus I thank God for the person who went out of their way to reach out to somebody today because who invited someone to come to church today because they wanted them to know Jesus there was a father There was a centurion man who had enough faith to go to Jesus and say, Hey, my servant is sick. I'm unworthy for you to come to my house, but say the word, and I know he'll be made whole. He went to Jesus for his friends. His friend couldn't even get, he he couldn't get him to Jesus, but he said, Jesus, say the word, I'm interceding for him. I wish we had a church that went intercede for their friends and their family and their world. Where are the people that went intercede in prayer and cry in anguish? I thank God for the few, despite the circumstances, let the people who were sick and broken to wholeness to Jesus. I pray that in this room, I pray that there's still a few people that were willing to go beyond measure to bring people out of darkness into the light, people who are not afraid to bring people to Jesus people who are not afraid of the light because you know what in reality remember when it was you in darkness remember when it was you full of depression and anxiety and hate and unforgiveness in your heart how dare we get out of a place and not go back to help others find their way out Remember when it was you that was struggling with pornography and drugs and and addictions and mental health. How dare we get out of these places and not go back to help those and bring light to their dark places. We must be the light. Will you be the light for someone? the light to be there when they're hurt when they have lost someone would you be the light when they want to give up and they're holding by a thread they don't have no would you be the light for that person when they want to walk on in their family and say no it's worth to stay would you be the light for that person because jesus asks us and tells us you are the light what are we doing to the light every time we are not there for our friends and our brothers and our sister and our nation we're hiding ourselves underneath a basket. We're a lamp underneath a basket that does not shine and does not illuminate in the presence of man. We do not shine with the countenance of his glory. Let his light shine upon us. We read in his scriptures so that we can light upon other people. The light is not just for us. It's for those who are lost in darkness that they can too find and see. Have we forgotten where god took us from john 8 verse 12 says this when jesus spoke again to the people he says i am the light of the world whoever follows me will never walk in darkness whoever followed me will never walk in darkness whoever follows me will never walk in darkness whoever follows me will never walk in darkness i am the son of i am the son of i am i am god's son and i will not walk in darkness jesus said again to his people i am the light of the world whoever follows me whoever follows me will not walk in darkness if you follow christ you shall not walk in darkness if you follow christ you shall not walk in darkness but we will have the light of life, not any light, but the light of life, what a gift, what a power to have the light of life, are you a follower of Christ, church are you a follower of Christ, you can talk back to me, are you a follower of Christ? You are, I'm here to remind you who you are. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, it says, You are the light of the world. Somebody said, I am the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it underneath a basket, but on a lamp stamp, and it gives light to all those who are in the house. Let your light shine before men. That they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So when they see your good works, they don't glorify you. We live in a generation where we're taking videos of us, of us, oh, look look what I'm going to do. I've seen some crazy things like, oh, like, I mean, I'm talking about people literally doing it just to get publicity. I'm not saying it's bad to take pictures of God's work. That is good. It inspires and motivates. But when when you know someone who's not doing it with a pure heart and doing it solely to get attention from people, they have lost the reason. They're just the light, not the light of life. We need the light of life. Who we are? Who are we? We cannot be light until we know who we are. What defines us? Are we defined by our past? Are we defined by our circumstances? By what others say about us? Who are we? Are we just another church? Are we just another gathering place? How do we respond in this critical time? matters how we respond in prayer and fasting and seeking for one another matters because that is the light that drives out the darkness the darkness in our hearts the darkness in our family the darkness in our homes the darkness in our schools the darkness in our cities the darkness in our employment prayer fasting Reading his word, prayer, fasting. Read, when was the last time you prayed? When's the last time you read his word? When's the last time you fasted? What is fasting? We live in a generation where fasting is not even a thing anymore. We fast social media when, 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 when and I get it, I, and, I, and, I, and I, and I, and I, I don't want to take discredit you from fasting social media, but it's not that hard to delete an app. And if it is that hard, then we must analyze how addicted we are to it, how we idolize it, how we spend hours with it. We spend more hour in our social media than we spent with God. No wonder the church doesn't see miracles. No wonder things are happening. No wonder things are are, are happening in our world because we spend more time in our secret place scrolling away and not the scriptures I know it's not your favorite message but I pray it brings light brings light into your situation reason why marriage is going hard is because you don't give time to it I want this to be light upon it you have to spend time with your family you have to be present you have to be there You have to be responsible. You have to manage. You have to steward. Can I shine some light on these things? We have to communicate. I give you permission saying, you know what Pastor Daniel said? I give you permission. How we respond in this critical hour will reflect how the darkness will flee. So, who we are? Who are we? We must respond with conviction and clarity. We are the light of the world, we are a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. We are a lighthouse for those who are lost at sea. We are the church. We are the bride of Jesus, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. We are the church. We are his body. And we have been sitting in darkness for too long. It's time to walk in the light of the Lord. We are the light of the world, and it's time to lead his people out of darkness into his marvelous lights. Blind Mara May said, Son of David, have mercy on me. I pray that we have a church that can repent today and say, have mercy on me, God, because I was supposed to be a light. A light for my family, a light for my children, a light for my my household, a light light for my community. And I have been dim. But God, I want to burn on fire for you. I want to light this city up with your light of life. There's so much darkness, but it must flee when we step into the light that he called us to. I wish we had a church that would cry after Jesus Romans 12 says this verse 9 it says love must be sincere hate what is evil cling on to what is good be devoted to one another in love honor one another above yourself never be lacking zeal but keep your spiritual Fervor, serving the Lord, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer, faithful in prayer, patient in affliction, joyful in hope, share the Lord's people who are in need, practice hospitality, practice hospitality, I'm not a people's person, the Bible says practice hospitality, Learn how to welcome somebody into your home. Learn how to invite somebody for a cup of coffee, practice hospitality, be the light. It is not enough to go clock into work, do your job and walk out. You should be walking into work and changing lives. If you're not changing lives in your work, then you should be looking for another job. Sorry guys. Don't clap for me. Cry to Jesus, say, Son of David, have mercy on me. I need your light. Because life is looking dark. Life is looking dark. I need your light, Jesus. Blessed are those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. I'm happy you got your house. I'm happy you got your house and your car and everything that you got. I'm happy for you. Can we be happy for one another? Enough with envying and having jealousy for one another of who has more and what. Be happy and content. Be happy for each other. Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Be there for one another. Love God and your neighbor. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low positions. Do not be conceited. Somebody say, get over yourself. We're supposed to be the light. Wouldn't it be a great thing that people can come to us with their problems and won't have to worry about gossiping? That people could actually confide in the people of God and not be betrayed by the people of God? That people can trust in the power of the church again and not be hurt so bad that they have turned away completely from God? Can we restore the light in this house? Tell you what, when you start restoring the light, you'll see how everything changes. Somebody say, Turn on the light. It's who we are. I didn't say it. Jesus says it. You are the light. It's time to live life that is obedient to the call of God, that is obedient to His word, to live life that is sanctified. That is righteous before the Lord, I'm not saying that you're gonna live a perfect life. All I'm saying is that Jesus wants you to walk in the light of life. Today is a short message. Would you stand with me today? How many people receive something today? I know it's a simple message. But it had a lot of elementary truths that the church needed to hear. I need to be a light. Can we confess today that we need to do better? That I need to shine a little better? Can we, can we, can we, can we, when the, when the person is passing, asking for money in the streets, instead of us saying, oh, they're probably going to use it for drugs. If you have something, can you just give it to them? Or can you go to the store and buy them some food? Or can you have the faith enough says, gold and silver I have not, but what I have I give you in Jesus' name? And pray for them right there and then. Can we have the boldness of light? When's the last time you took someone on the street and prayed for them? When's the last time you called somebody and prayed for them? When's the last time you reached out to someone and said, hey, I want to pray for you? Somebody says, I don't know, a famous person says, be the light that you want to see. Today I tell you, be like Christ and you will see the light. You will see the light. And I want to pray for everyone in this house today. I'm not going to do an altar call right now, but just right where you are, I feel like our lights could be brighter. And I want to pray for very specific things. Right now where you are, I want you to pray too. If you have to cry, I want you to cry before the Lord. I want you to place your burdens upon him so that he can give you rest today if you're dealing with any sickness, if you're dealing with with, with uncertainty, if you're dealing with something that you're struggling with, if you're dealing with mental health, today the Lord wants to show you the light. The light of his goodness. The light of his grace. The light of his continence. Receive the light of God today. That dark world that you're living is not worth to live in that dark place anymore. You must come out. Come out of the darkness and into the light. Today, all the sons and daughters who are lost in the darkness, we call you to the light. We call you to the light because it's been too long that you've been sitting on the wayside in darkness. Today, someone say, son of David, have mercy on me. I need the light, God. Father, we come before your name, Lord, my God, and I put this congregation at your hands, my God. Right now, Lord, my God, today, Lord, my God, every person, my God, has different needs, has different petitions, have different things that they're struggling with back at home, my God, in their marriage, in their house, in their minds, my God, in their relationship, my God, wherever area in their life that needs, my God, your light to shine upon today, Lord, my God. I pray, my God, that you would shine a bright light, my God, Lord, my God, that it would be so bright, my God, that they would go back into their homes, back into their problems, back into their situations, and they will be a light, my God, in the midst of darkness, my God. Lord, my God, Lord, I ask you, Lord, my God, for every spirit of fear, my God, every spirit of suicide, my God, every spirit of of, of downcast, my God, every spirit, my God, of, of of my God, that is not of you, that it may flee right now because they cannot be in the same place as light, Lord my God. That is the beauty about your light, my God, that darkness cannot light, my God. Darkness cannot stay in the place, my God, where light is, Lord my God. You are in this place, my God, and everything, my God, that is not of you must be gone in Jesus' name, my God. You have come to set the captives free, my God. You have come to deliver your people, my God. You have come, my God, to make us lights, my God, like a city on a hill, my God, that cannot be hidden, that won't be hidden in Jesus' name today Lord my God we surrender our lives and we give you Lord my God our lives Lord that we will shine bright in this dark world my God this world needs you this world is hurting and needs more people to shine towards you it needs more people my God who care about other people who can comfort one another, Lord, my God. Help us be a church that is not just a gathering place, my God, but a dwelling place where we can dwell with you, Lord. We put all our problems, all our anxiety, all all in your hands today, Lord, that you will shine your light in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Church, while I have you standing, if everybody could just face towards that way. If you can open the doors, all four doors, please. Now get out. Now I'm just joking. Just on the other side of that wall are our children. If you know us, we're very zealous of our children. God forbid someone tries our children. The Dwelling Place Church loves their children. I feel that is necessary that we pray over our children today. Maybe you didn't want to pray for yourself. That's fine. But every day I worry about them. When they're not with their parents, when they're not with us, and they have to go out to the real world, and the world is a mean place, it's a cruel place. God forbid it was one of them church, can we cry to God after them today and pray for them for their safety, for their minds the enemy has been trying to steal their minds there's some kids in there who are thinking about suicide, can you believe that, who are thinking about not living anymore (laughs) they're just children and we have allowed the grip of the enemy on our children but not no more Because the church will stand behind these children. And we will pray like we were called to pray. Pray for our children. Pray for the families. What are we? Are we even a church? Do we only pray for our own? Or can we pray for one another? Let us extend our hand. And church, you pray. You pray right now. Maybe you don't have kids. One day you will and you will hope that someone will pray over them, that God will protect them and keep them Not just them, but children all over the world. If you read the scriptures, you see the enemy has always tried to attack the next generation. They sent to kill all the all the children. We heard when Jesus was there, when Moses. He's after the next generation, but we believe that this generation will be the generation that will shine brighter than any generation. We declare, my God, life upon this generation. And Lord, my God, we declare, my God, that they will be the ones that will break all generational curses, that they will be the ones, my God, to break, my God, every curse, my God, that was put upon them, my God. Today, we pray for our children in Jesus' name. Keep praying, guys. Keep praying. Keep praying. While we come to church. We come to pray. We come to worship. We come to seek God. Keep praying. We got time. We got time. Pray for these children. They need you to pray for them. When's the last time you prayed for your kids? Really pray for them and cry to God, God, would you protect them? not once in a blue moon but when's the last time you cried for your son and your daughters no wonder we're losing them to the streets no wonder we're losing them we don't check on their health we don't check on their mental health no wonder they don't have no one to talk to
1: Jesus, spirit of the living God, we come before you, Lord, crying out to you, Father, for our children, Lord know the kingdom of heaven belongs to the children father and today we stand as a voice my God asking you father that you cover our children in the name of Jesus not only physically but spiritually, mentally, emotionally, my God, in the name of Jesus, Father, Lord, we come against anything that wants to move against the purpose that you have in our children, my God, we paralyze it in the name of Jesus, and we speak your words over them in your name, my God, for you have created each and every one of the children children with purpose Lord and we will protect your purpose father by being vigilant by being responsible and thoughtful my God we ask you, Lord, for your wisdom, your understanding, Father, that we are responsible with our children. Father, we need your Holy Spirit to speak to us and show us the things that we cannot see, my God. In the name of Jesus, help us to do what we need to do and allow you to do the things that we cannot do in the name of Jesus, Father. Father, I speak your covenant over them in the name of Jesus, not only when they are in this building, Father, but when they go out in the world, my God, and I ask you that every child around our children be protected by you, my God, in the name of Jesus, not just our children, but the children of our neighbors, the children in school with our children, wherever they are at, Father, we ask that your presence be so evident and so tangible that anything that wants to move against them my God cannot move may be paralyzed by your presence in them in the name of Jesus father we ask you that you protect their minds my God there are so many things influencing the minds of the children Even when they go to school, Father, I ask you that whatever they learn here at your church, that that word has such weight in their hearts that they are able to distinguish good against evil, my God, that they're able to have discernment even as an early age, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I ask you, Lord, that any confusion that may want to come their way may be casted out in the name of jesus by the truth that they are learning father they will be lovers of your truth they will be lovers of jesus they will be a radical generation in the name of jesus they are already a light and will continue to be a light that will never end to light light, light up. father in the name of jesus father we give you glory for our children We give you honor for our children. And again, we repent, Father, for the things that we have done or have not done for the children. We repent, my God, for not being the parents or the uncles or the aunts or whatever we are to these children, my God. Father, but today we stand before you and we ask that your spirit lead us to love these children, respect these children, look after the children in the name of Jesus. The Dwelling Place Church says,